Okay, so let's say that uh, hypothetically, a judge in a court of law behind the bench, as it were, and the defendant is on trial for, um, for whatever and is found guilty by a jury of his peers uh, and uh, sentenced to death. And the judge were to, uh, well, the judge acquits him. He acquits the accused, drops all charges against him, and lets him go free as though he had never done anything wrong. Simply because an innocent man is willing to stand in his place and take on his guilt and suffer his judgment and death sentence. Any clear-thinking person would say, well, uh, that doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, that's not right. That's, that's unfair um, to the innocent man. But that is precisely what God has done according to the Bible, according to this uh, doctrine of justification. You know, this courtroom scene, this scenario might make a good illustration of this doctrine, the doctrine of justification, to a degree, but um, it's not perfect. You know, the man uh, found guilty by a, a jury and sentenced to death might be off the hook, but what about his guilt? Okay, hello and welcome to House Tough Gospel. I'm Mike Gomez, and I'm very excited to uh, talk about this, the doctrine of justification today. Um, the doctrine of justification is the doctrine that the book of, of Romans is most famous for. Paul uses this term um, many, many times in his letters to the churches, especially in Romans. And of course, with this tiny little podcast, we can hardly even scratch the surface of this vast and tremendous doctrine. But by the time we're done today, we should have a better understanding of it, at least that it is a gift from God, that we don't deserve it. We can never earn it, and we can never buy it. Imagine that. Sell it to me. I want to buy it. No, no, it's free. It's, it's a gift from God. And his only condition is faith, so that it may be by grace and it may be guaranteed to all who put their faith in his son, Jesus Christ. So with that, without further ado, please stick around and enjoy the doctrine of justification on the Housetop Gospel Podcast. Justification is the doctrine that the book of Romans is most famous for. Okay, so, so what is this doctrine of justification according to the Bible? Well, we're all familiar with justification or justice as a legal term, such as in a court of law. But in the Bible, according to the Bible, it passes from 
condemnation onto eternal life in Christ Jesus. It's being saved from God's judgment and impending wrath coming upon this earth. And we all know that. Everybody knows that. I mean, you know, just look at the movies, man. It's all about the end of the world and apocalypse. And, you know, this brings to remembrance Romans chapter 1. It says the the wrath of God is being revealed uh, from heaven against all of the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God made it plain to them. Because since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature have clearly been seen, being understood from what has been made. Um, okay, so I, I, you know, I don't know why I threw that in there, but it says a lot. And I tell you, man, Romans is my favorite book. It, it it was a turning point in my life when I started reading reading Romans out of the uh, the NIV because uh, it was it's just a lot easier to understand. I, I today I use the uh, ESV, but uh, and the and New King James. But anyway, justification really in a nutshell, what it is is a legal declaration about God, declaring that we are no longer liable to condemnation. That's in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, because we are entirely declared forgiven by God. Now, it is essential, I mean, this is very important to understand that this legal declaration in and of itself does not change our inner nature at all. It does not change us internally. We are still the same person. Sinners, uh, jivers, connivers, <laughs> you know. We still have the same temperament, same bad habits, same bad thoughts. Justification does not change us internally. When someone is sick or has a, di- a disease, he doesn't go to a judge for a cure. He goes to a doctor. Or a surgeon, not a judge. A judge cannot make anyone good inside. Again, justification is God declaring that we are forgiven for our sins. But there's more. Justification also, at the same time, declares us to be righteous. Which is really... You know, pretty amazing. I mean, it's it's sometimes it's just hard to grasp, but that's really what it is. Remember when the Lord Jesus said, "Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven." That's in Matthew chapter five, verse twenty. Well, that leaves us in a real predicament, does it not? Yes, it does. Because we have no righteousness to speak of. So, how can anyone be declared righteous and yet guilty sinners at the same time? The Apostle Paul explains. I'm sorry, I said Paul. I meant Peter. The Apostle Peter explains in five words. 
For Christ suffered once for sins. And here's the five words I'm referring to. The just for the unjust. The just for the unjust. That he might bring us to God. That's 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Now, you would think, how can God send an innocent man, the just, to suffer the consequence for the guilty, the, the unjust? Why would God do something so unfair to an innocent man, let alone his only son, his only begotten son? And furthermore, for a people so ungrateful, so sinful, so revolting and hostile toward him. Well, Paul explains, and, and it goes like this. You see, while we were utterly helpless, Paul says, helpless. That's in the NIV. NIV. Helpless. Now, the, we can say helpless, hopeless, or we can say going straight to hell. You know, it all applies Paul says, you see, while we were utterly helpless, Christ died for the ungodly. Did you hear that? Christ died for the ungodly while we were utterly helpless. God demonstrated his love for us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Well, that, that just says it all right there. And Paul goes on, since his blood has justified us, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Romans 5. So, what's happening here? Justification is a, a right and legal standing before God. You know, that's, that's like a, you know, what it means. When God effectively calls us through the gospel or the preaching of his word or whatever the circumstance may be, and we respond to that call in an attitude of faith, at that moment, we are regenerated. This is when God's spirit, his loving Holy Spirit touches our heart and we are converted. That is, we repent in faith toward God. Well, God responds to that faith and at that moment declares us to be justified or declares us to be righteous. You know, this is the process of salvation that, that the Apostle Paul hammers out and articulates in the New Testament. God declares our sins forgiven, but simultaneously declares us righteous, justified. This is, this is the good news of the gospel. I like this word cosmic. This is a cosmic 
judicial act of God, a declaration of God, declaring us forgiven, pardoning us of our sins and accepting and treating us as righteous believers, meeting all the demands of the law and satisfied in God's sight. Paul writes, those he predestined, he also called, and those he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 30. Paul continues, to the one who believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Romans chapter 4, verse 5. Paul is very clear that justification is something God does himself. Those he calls, he also justifies in response to our faith in Jesus, his son. Wayne Grudem um, if you don't know who Wayne Grudem is, he's actually the, the general senior editor of the uh, ESV Bible. And uh, um, I, in his book, uh, Systematic Theology, he says, justification is an instantaneous legal act of God, which he thinks our sins as forgiven and the righteousness of Christ belonging to us and therefore declares us to be righteous in his sight. Now, underscore the term declare us to be righteous. Grudem explains that in the Old Testament, used in a context of a legal declaration, to justify means declare to be righteous. And we find this term justify, declared to be righteous in Exodus, Kings, Chronicles, Job, the Proverbs, written in the ancient Hebrew and Greek. In Greek, it's pronounced dekaiao, dekaiao. I hope I pronounced it right. If I didn't, I'm sorry. Which means declare one righteous. Now, Paul uses this verb justify about 15 times in the book of Romans alone. So here's a helpful idea. Whenever you see Paul use the word justify or justifies highlighted in your Bible in write, declare to be righteous in the margin somewhere. Declare to be righteous. Do that. Write it in your Bible because that's what it means. This is so cool. I, I love it. You know, Paul uses this word a lot in Romans to speak of our justification, uh, God's justification or justifying us. He declares that although we are guilty sinners, are nonetheless righteous in his sight. Again, as I mentioned before, it is very important to understand that this legal declaration does not change us in our inner nature or character at all, unfortunately. Justification does not change us internal. We are still sinners. Uh, like that guy in the courtroom that got off the hook, uh, you know, clear and free. We are still sinners. We still have the same temperament, the bad habits and the, the bad thoughts. 
So how can we be righteous and guilty at the same time? It's mercy. It's grace. Somebody loves you. Somebody loves you very much. Grudem explains it very simply. God thinks of our sins as forgiven, declares us to be righteous, and moves us from a guilty position into a righteous position. This righteousness, however, is not our righteousness. It is the righteousness of his beloved Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. God positions us into his righteousness. Paul explains, what does the scripture say? Paul goes on and says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. That's in Romans chapter 4, verse 3. Therefore, justified and declared righteous believers are entitled to all the benefits of perfect obedience to the law credited to us. David said something profound. I mean, in Psalms 139, he says that such knowledge is too high. It is too lofty for me to attain. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Psalms 118. It is hard for some to fathom the impeccable, immaculate, perfect life and obedience of Christ, even to death on a cross. And his victorious resurrection is credited to our account. And we are still sinners. To some, it is foolishness. To others, a stumbling block. But Paul explains, it is by grace you have been saved and raised. And God raised us with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Ephesians chapter 2. God's only condition for our justification and declared righteous and all his benefits credited to our account is faith. Faith in Christ, not faith in ourselves. Faith in his perfect righteousness. Faith in his perfect life and death for our sins on that Roman cross. Faith in his resurrection and that he is alive as we speak and lives forever. That is what our justification stands on. It stands on the finished work of Jesus Christ, the Son of God himself. The Bible says that God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. 
He did this to demonstrate his justice. There's that word. He did this to demonstrate us declared righteous. So as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Romans 3.25 Again, Paul explains, referring to Abraham again, he says that 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 is why it depends on faith, says Paul. So that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed. Are you listening to this? Guaranteed to all of Abraham's offspring, not only to those of the law, but also to the ones who share in the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Romans chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. Do you see how, how God has made it so simple? He has ordained this act of faith on our part. Why? So it may be by grace. And if it is by grace, it may be guaranteed to all who have the faith of Abraham. Remember, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So it's not by works. Otherwise, everyone would think they earn something or deserve something. When in reality, we have nothing coming. We don't deserve it. We can never earn it. It is all God's grace. It is a gift from God. Paul continues, This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but, I, but, but also for us. You hear that? But also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered to death for our sins and raised to life for our justification. Romans 4.22 Faith is how you and I will cultivate intimacy with the Lord. The act of faith is how God will secure our justification. And furthermore, faith in Christ is, is living and active and it grows. Faith in Christ produces repentance and perseverance and character and hope. The hope that does not disappoint us. Why? Because God has poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given to us. Romans 5.5 5. Okay. We're going to stop here. And of course, much more can be said of this excellent doctrine, justification. But now that we have a better understanding of it, and, and uh, that is a gift from God, uh, that uh, we don't deserve it and we can never earn it, uh, we can never buy it, it is all God's grace. I say buy it because you imagine somebody trying to buy it. There's actually a, a story in Acts where somebody actually tried to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Sell it to me. I want to buy it. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I leave you with the words from the Apostle Paul to the Ephesians, and it goes like this. I... Therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And again to the Colossians, Paul says, So walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, 
fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So until next time, may the love of the Father, the grace of the Lord Jesus, the fellowship and the power of the Holy Spirit be with you. 